verse 20. Hallelujah. In fact, we're going to go from verse 18. But as the word of God is true, our word toward you was not nay or yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preaching to you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him yea, which means yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath sealed us and give us to the earnest of the what? Spirit. He has given us the earnest of his spirit. We're going to pray together for the rest of this service. Would you all pray? You've heard about the benefit of prayer. Lord Jesus, together we eat, together we pray. Together we wash one another's feet. Many people say it's not right. But, Lord, we're keeping the Lord's commandment. We're communing with you. Tonight, speak to our hearts. Speak to us. In Jesus' name. This is not for everybody tonight. I'm only going to talk to people with extreme situation. If you have extreme situation, I'm talking to you. And the rest of you are dismissed. You can go home. Oh, the car is ready. It's warmed up. You can drive out. It's okay. I'll just talk to the extreme person. Talk to the person beside you. Are you extreme? If you are, then sit down. If you are, then sit down. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the surety of the promises of God. The certainty, the surety of the promises of Almighty God. I'm told by people who said they have done it, checked out the 66 books of the Bible, and there are over 30,000 promises in the Bible. 30,000 promises in 66 books of the Bible. If you divide that, it means there are 455 promises per book of the Bible. In every verse, there is a promise because a man checked out how many verses in the Scripture and said there are 31,100. 102 verses in our Bible, King James Version Bible. And there are over 30,000 promises. Somewhere God didn't forget you. God did not left you out. I don't believe he did. And I'm thinking of two persons in the scripture that comes to mind very quickly. I think of Elizabeth, past age, very, very old, a geriatric. Should be in the retirement home somewhere, you know, hope home, laying, gumming it, looking for 
a quick retirement in heaven. All her years of life is behind her. As far as she's concerned, she has no future. All her wishes and dreams were thing of the past. They come like the snow and they vanished away. I'm sure Elizabeth was content to accept that's my lot in life. I am what I am. And life is behind me. There are no years ahead of me. And then there's this young, young, beautiful little girl unknown to anybody in the world. Her name is Mary. Minding her own business, this guy called Joseph from the tribe of Judah fell in love with her and wanted to marry her. And it's a quite an involved system when you're in spouse to somebody in the Bible. And then minding her own business, washing her dishes or washing her clothing, she's not yet allowed to live with this man because it's not legal. It would be adultery or fornication. An angel showed up and said, Hey! You know how God in, 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 in made himself known to her? Hail, thou favorite among women. Who are you talking to me? I'm a peasant. Blessed art thou among women. You are highly favored. It's amazing. You know, you don't realize how much God cares about us. There's an unseen eyes of God that run to and fro in the earth, night and day. To show himself strong on the behalf of those that love him. You may have the closet life of prayer, but God will give you a stage life of blessing. God will see in secret, bless openly, everybody can see it. Amen. And she wondered, what kind of salutation is this? Because before her are the years of life ahead of her. She's never lived the years that Elizabeth, I mean, Elizabeth has lived. She's open to get married and surely have children. Because every Jewish woman, that's their dream. Have a child. She didn't ask for one at this moment because she wasn't married yet. And the angel says, you are conceiving a child. And she was shocked that God could give her that which was promised to Israel, but never promised to her. An extreme God. We're serving an extreme God. Now, I don't know why God waits for the extremes to perform, but I believe it reveals his power. <laughs> it reveals his ability. There's something extremist about God. He is almost leaving you hanging on the cliff. <laughs> by a thread, and they show up and say, Mary, you're going to have a child. She said, well, I didn't ask for one. But you're going to have one anyhow. I'm going to give you one. And every woman in the world is going to call you blessed. Well, I didn't ask for recognition. I didn't ask for praise. But the angel began to speak a word into her future. Hallelujah. Now, Mary, like the rest of us, began to wonder, is this a yay, yay, or nay, nay promise? I didn't ask for it, but since you want to give it to me, I want to know how you're going to work this out. How in the name of world nature are you going to make this happen? Because 
you're talking about an extreme situation. Nobody ever conceived in the womb. Never happened before. It will not happen after this. Everybody conceived outside the womb. And then it goes out the fallopian tube and go large into the womb for development. Mary is going to conceive in the womb. She said, God is extreme. You better know you're God, my friend. You're working with an extreme God. Everything he does is extraordinary. But some are going to ask you one day, by what power? By what name? How did you achieve this? How did it happen? Because you're dealing with with an extreme God who worked extremities and bring to pass abnormalities. Praise God. God can make the abnormal normal. Amen. He can exceed expectation. God can show up in ways that you never dream of because he's almighty God. And so there was the conversation. And the Lord said to her, through the angel, you will conceive. And his name shall be called Jesus. He says, well, how will this be? Now, God, you tell me, how are you going to work this out? Because this will not happen naturally. How are you going to perform this? Now, he didn't tell her the whole story. He said, Mary, no sweat. No sweat. You're dealing with an extreme God who have extreme rabbits in the hat. You pull them out. Amen. He said, well, the Holy Ghost will overshadow thee so, and he will come upon thee, and that child that's to be born will be called the Son of the Highest. Now, Mary still can't understand what's going on because God is talking extreme. Not something she can visualize. She can't conceptualize. There is no history in the annals of the Torah where this ever happened before. But somewhere in the scripture it was said in, I think Isaiah 7, 14. A promise was made. Hallelujah. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. How many times people read that and it never connected? But it's a promise. Another place in Jeremiah. A woman shall compass a man. What? How could that be? But you're dealing with a God of extreme. God always, you know, I, I just like the story. The Lord was watching this woman. She's sick. She have all these problems. She sought many, many physicians, and he made sure those physicians didn't help her. He made sure they didn't help her. And she suffered many things. She's on the extreme at the end of the scale, the spectrum of life. And she finally came to her senses in one of these days. You know what? I only have enough strength just to go touch Mr. Extremist. If I could just touch the M of his garment. Now, that is extreme. Why would you want to get so low and touch the man's garment when you can touch his hand? But God is extreme. And when she touched Jesus in a mob and a crowd that thronged him, here's how extreme and sensitive Jesus is to your needs. No matter how big the crowd is, no matter how the clang goes on, 
He will not filter you out. He'll filter you in. Hallelujah. And he said, somebody touch me. Just like in the service. Somebody can rise above the congregation and get connected and make an extreme touch that nobody else knows about. And you might be saying, well, Jesus, come on, we're all touching you, we're all calling on you. But there's something unique about this touch. It's an extreme situation. And also, I felt never again and before has he ever said that. I felt virtue coming out of me, and it's not going to hurt you. And she's trembling on the ground because she knows she's not supposed to touch him. And she's acting with the extreme. She knows she's not supposed to be where she's at because the issue of blood put her on a, a colony of the leprous. So she's in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing, but she got an extreme situation. That said, I got to meet Mr. Extremity. And she touched him. And he felt it. And he said, somebody. Now, he could call her by name. But he wanted her to show up like they don't understand. And the apostle, Lord, what is wrong with you? You've got a crowd here. How could you not expect everybody to touch you? He said, but you don't understand. This is an extreme touch. This is no ordinary touch. I'm telling you, beloved, thousand times ten thousands are praying tonight. But somebody can pray through. Somebody can touch God. Not everybody can touch him. Not everybody was healed by the, 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 the shadow of Peter. Some were healed and some were not. He was just a shadow. But church, there's something about an extreme God. Is it not written in the Bible as a promise? By his stripes, we are healed. She was touching a promise. And it seems so far-fetched. And the Lord said, Lady, go, thy faith have made thee whole. So after he finished, back to the story, he convinced Mary that she got nothing to worry about. Just be at the right place when I'm ready and everything going to happen. But by the way, he said, look, in case you have any problem, believing I can fulfill what I told you, I want you to take a little trip for a while. Amen. I want you to go see an extreme act of God. Elizabeth, over 90 years or more, very stricken in age. And God <laughs> talked to her husband. He never thought this was the day God going to answer his prayer. He was in a routine ritual, lighting the lights, burning the incense, doing his portion like he's always done. You never know the day when God called your number and decided to give you what he promised you. This could be the day we don't know. But are you in the right place to receive what God is about to do? And so, like normal, he would go in that sanctuary. He would do his normal thing. And the people know five minutes in, five minutes out, he was done. But this time, God retained him. God retain him. 
and says, Zacharias. He turned around and said, I thought I was the only one in here. I'm not supposed to have anybody up there with me. And he looked and he saw this angel standing right beside him. He said, who are you? He said, I'm Gabriel. And I come to tell you, your prayer of being answered. Do you know how old I am? Do you know what time it is? You know what time of life is? I got no years ahead of me. I'm supposed to raise a kid at this age? I'm going to die before that kid become a man. Before he was 30 years, I'm going to be dead. I won't even see him alive. I'm too old for this. Much more me have kids with my wife. You know how old my wife is? My wife is going to convalescence right now. We're done. <laughs> it's finished. And then you said, just a minute. You're dealing with an extreme God. God is extreme. You've got to realize that. You can't put him in a box. He operates outside the box of humanity. God is not limited to your muscle and your strength and your vision and your capability. He operates outside that. He's a God of extremities. And the angel says, you're going to have a son. A what? That's surprise and joy. I need a what? I need a son. Just about the time when you gave up hope. Just about the time when you seem like all promises are never going to be fulfilled. And it seems like the dark days are moving in the clouds. That's why you got to learn to hold fast and not lead to your own understanding. Because in due season, hallelujah, if you faint not, if your faith fail not, if your hope disappear not, ye shall reap. I don't care what time I reap. All I want to know, I got what I prayed for. I want to be like Anna. I'm going to come back to church and shout the victory. I got what I prayed for. Shout out of I've got it. I've got it. There's something about the Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I've got it. I didn't need it. I need it, and I got it. I've got a God of extreme that's working in my favor. And everybody's waiting on you to walk out of that temple like you've always done. Disappointed. Just going through the ritual. But God said today, today when you think all hope was gone, I'm going to show up. When it looked like it was dark, it's never going to work. The angel says, you don't believe nothing I told you. Do not let your past interfere with your destiny. Don't let your failures interfere with your opportunity. Hallelujah. You're serving a God of extremity. He's extreme. 
And the people are waiting. Why doesn't he come out of the temple? What's wrong with him today? Five minutes is up. Let's go home. That business as usual. Somebody going home tonight. I see footprints of possibilities walking out those doors. I see the angel of God's presence in this building. I don't know if you can see it, my friend, but I can feel it in the air. There's something in the air. I can't complain. I can't explain it. But I know one thing. I'm waiting for deliverance. I'm waiting for my healing. I'm waiting for my divine supplies. I'm waiting for my family to turn. I'm waiting for my finance to improve. I'm waiting for my employment to give me a better hope. I'm waiting for divine increase. I'm waiting for God's forgiveness. I'm waiting for God's guidance. I'm waiting for my companionship to become a better relationship. I'm waiting for the, the divine salvation. Why? For the promise is to you parents and to your children also. Can you accept that? That our God is an extreme God. Psalms chapter 1, give me promises. Philippians chapter 4 said, my need was supplied. Psalms 23 says, I got protection in the valley. Amen. Matthew 6 and verse 33 says, all these things are going to be added to me. Amen. And Malachi 3 and verse 10 said, tithe and offering, take care of my devourer. God of extreme. Anna was pushed to the limit. I mean, Anna should thank God for Peniah. If there wasn't a Peniah, you wouldn't read about an Anna. That devil in your life, you need him. It was crazy when God told Paul, you need that thorn in your flesh. It has a lot of benefit for your salvation. It's linked with your revelation. It's linked with your walk. If I take it out, you may end up like Saul. Hallelujah. But if I leave it in your life, it make you <laughs> pray a little harder, fast a little longer, <laughs> hold on a little tighter, without which you would not be that way. Thank God for your penias that brought you to the extreme of prayer that you couldn't even raise your voice, but you're praying and just your lips moving, but your heart is red. Penias was a blessing in the life of Anna because it drove her to extreme prayer life. Let me tell you. After you get your promise, here's the first thing you're going to do. You're going to drop the extremes. You're going to forget the prayer you used to pray. You're going to forget the promises you made to him. You're going to forget all the vows you made. But he's not like that. God's promises are yes and not maybe so, but it is so. Even to your gray hair, he said, I'm he. God never failed to confirm his word. Tell somebody beside you, he might be talking about me.
David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. God will never know how much he loves you. You love him until you get a bad time. It took an empty net, an extreme for Peter, who is a credible, known, good fisherman. Never in his life has he ever caught himself in a situation like this. I toiled all night, and I caught nothing, and God was behind it. God kept those fishes out of that net. He's going home disappointed. He's going, you know, like those people on the eminence journey, we thought. You thought, you thought, you thought, you stink until you think. Hello? My friend called stinking thinking. Hello? Stop doing that and stop belief. And then Jesus showed up. Amen. And said, cast your net on the other side. You know what's amazing? When the solution come, it came from the most unlikely easy source. You wonder, why didn't I thought of this? Because your eyes were not open. Hagar did not see the bottle and the water and the well. And she thought for sure she's going to die. And then God says, I heard your cry. And God opened her eyes and she saw the water. If God didn't open her eyes, Ishmael and her would have been history today. Now, I'm telling you this tonight because God is extreme. Here's God showing up to Abraham and his wife. His wife is in her tent, and Abraham is outside trying to entertain God and trying to impress God with his cooking and his gourmet-style meat and all that. And the Lord ate it and began to have his toothpick and pick his teeth and says, oh, tastes pretty good, tastes pretty Jewish. And God said, where is your wife? What? Where's your wife? Well, she's in the tent. He said, well, next year about this time, you, a 100-year-old guy, and your wife, 99-year-old, could have a son. If you've ever been to a pantomime, you've just been to one. She was laughing. <laughs> what if God show you right now what he's about to do in your life? You would laugh. You say, anybody but us. Anybody but me. But you're dealing with an extreme situation. It's not normal. It's not the usual kind. The Bible says, God works special miracle with Paul. Special miracle could be in the service tonight. I don't know for whom, but in this church service. Uh, God could send a, a special healing, a special deliverance, a special, oh, come on, Eureka, I found it. There are special extreme miracles that does take place because your God is extreme. And the Bible said, the Lord said, I hear Sarah laughing. And the tent started flopping. He says, I did not laugh. You know what David says? 
When God turned around our captivity, we were like them that waken out of a dream. You're going to wake up one morning and things are going to turn around for the better that you never dreamed of. You had no plan for it. You didn't expect it. You didn't organize it. You didn't put it together. You just wake up and, Suka! There it is! And you can't tell how it happened, when it happened. It's like Gideon and the fleece. One morning there's no water on the fleece, and he can't figure out how it happened. And there's water next time on the ground, and back and forth, and you can't tell how, because God is extreme. Let's worship him right now. And God don't make promises that are simple. God make complicated promises. Promises that violate your five senses. I told this morning what a false prophet was. He said a thing that God don't confirm. This is God's word. Jesus Christ is the prophet in his word. When he speaks, his word comes to pass. Amen. There's a difference between prophecy and promises. Prophecy is unconditional. Hello. The elder shall serve the younger. It's not a promise. It's a prophecy. That's a prophecy. But when Jacob decided, amen, to get the blessing from Isaac, and Isaac began to bless him, it was a promise he made to Jacob that this shall be yours. He can't fulfill it. He can't make it happen. Hello. And Jacob could mess it up because Esau did. Hello. The same that was in the hand of Esau is now in the hand. Hallelujah. Of Jacob. And they told Jacob, don't you ever marry those girls. But you go down to my father's house. And if you search your Bible, promises are linked with obedience. You can't disobey God and expect God to bless you. You are out of your mind. Somebody who don't live for God, God don't owe them anything. And if he does, it's by the grace of God. When God blessed Cornelius, he said, well, Cornelius, I'm doing this because of what you built in heaven. What are you building for God? And Sarah laughed because what God told her was so extreme. This is out of the ordinary. It's extreme. Nobody at this age, at this time of life, have babes. And my husband is not up to it. I have a hard time getting feeding those Jersey cows. He won't take care of the oxen and the sheep. Must more put up with me. I can't see it. Anybody but Abraham. Praise God. But God says, next year, according to the time of life, he will be born. You know what happened? The Bible said when that couple could not wait on God because God forced them into extremities. 
The years rolled by. 25 years went by, and nothing happened. It looked like God forgot what he promised me. Do you know when people quit on God long before the time came for the fulfillment? They lean to their own understanding and don't realize our God is a God of extremity. And the Bible said, they said, let's have Agar to help God out. God does not need your help to fulfill a promise. Amen. God told Abraham, if you will leave Ur of the Chaldees and you will go, there's a land that I promised you. Here's a sad part. When he left, he came into the land that God promised him, and guess who was in charge of it? Seven nations stronger than him. That's kind of crazy. You tell me now, how on earth is Abraham going to get those guys out? Mighty nations, seven strong nations. But God speak a thing which are not as though they are. And when you come to God, you must believe that God is. And that God is also a rewarder of them that obey him and walk in the steps of Abraham. Hallelujah. And you don't need Hagar to help you out. Just got to learn that I'm the almighty God. You know, when God took Abraham's son and took him up to Mount Moriah, church, that was very extreme. You have no idea how extreme that was. It never happened before. You may be in a situation in this church that nobody can relate to your situation. But what if God chose you to be a role model? Because you see, the faith of Mary was not going to hang on Elizabeth. Hello. God said, now, I want you to go take a look at Elizabeth, and you're going to find she's pregnant. And you can't explain it. She's gone past the age. And if she's too old to have a kid, then you're not too young to have one either. And miracle of extremities on both sides. Sarah couldn't understand the extremeness of God to wait so long. Now, I wish she had their Bible in her hand because if she had read about Enoch, she'd have realized they were still having kids when they were 700 years. I lost you guys. They were 500 years old and were still having babies. <laughs> Read for yourself. That's the same God that showed up and tell, even though you haven't seen me and done it before, somebody in my kingdom, I've done it before the extreme. Now, church, turn with me to the 15th chapter of Deuteronomy. Abraham had to finally get to the place where he said, Sarah, quit your laughing. Quit your mocking. You're going to have that baby, whether they like it or not. And God said, I'm going to give you the strength to do it. And when Sarah had her baby, that was an extreme activity. 
in the time that they're living in. Amen. I was working at a college, and there's a promotion job came up. And I told this instructor that I want that job. You know what he said to me? You cannot get that job. I said, ooh, you just stirred up my spirit a while ago. He said, Neil, perish the thought. You'll never get it. I said, okay. I'm going to show you how extreme and great my God is. He told me why I couldn't. When it was all over, I called him and said, now, see, I'm now in that chair. And he said, I should have known better. You may be going through a famine in your life and where you're so down to nothing and you're willing to eat a cow's dung for bread. But tomorrow God may send you an angel, a messenger from God, and tell you a message that the next day about this time, you're going to see a bumper crop. Get off that leaning that you're leaning on human flesh. Get off that putting your faith in the obvious. Look at the extreme God. Our God is so extreme, he turned water into wine. That's not normal. People run out of wine, they stay out of wine. But Jesus said, not so with me. I can turn things around. And the water became wine. And the girl said, how can this be? I'll tell you how. You're dealing with the extreme. I wish you guys could understand tonight. I thought it was one person. I'm trying to find what this one person is. If you're in this church this morning, tonight, come sit in the front seat. The rest can go home. I ain't talking to them. I'm talking to you, yes. What you run out of? I said, what you run out of? Extreme God. When the devil told him, turn these stones into bread. Do you know you're talking to Satan? Do you know you're talking to? He can do it if he so chooses to. God can do anything but fail. Now, I'm going to blow your mind away. Turn with me to the 15th chapter and verse 6 to 7. I'm going to stop on this. You're not going to believe this. God has signed your release tonight. I need my choir to talk to me. You are in debt. And you don't know how you're going to fix this. But the seventh year has now come. And God said, it is the Lord's release. It's the will of God that I loosen him. Set him free. The master have need of him. Nobody ever rode this donkey before. But God will do the extreme. He will ride this donkey that nobody else rode. He will turn your water into wine. He'll open your eyes that were blinded. I'm telling you, God wants to work the extreme this night. God says, release him. 
Oh, I like it. The lines are us. Loosen him. To the wind. Stand back. What kind of man is this? Everything is extreme. That's why he's so different. Sit down for a while. Now, church, look what God says. I want you to read through it right now. And God says, you're in the year of the Lord's release. Let him go. Loosen him. You know what? God said, I want to bless some people in Jesse's house. Didn't say everybody in Jesse's house. Some people in Jesse's house. And wouldn't tell the prophet who he's talking to. Just go with the oil down there. I got somebody I picked out to bless today. I'm going to bless him today. And everybody chose what would suit the eye, eyesight. You may miss the eyesight of your normal people, but you have not escaped the eye of God. Just like God watched over that promised land, he's watching over your working hand. Go down there and church. Nobody thought David was a candidate for God's anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They, they call him a bratty, naughty <laughs> name, but not so God. And everybody came by and God said, not him, not him. Not him. Okay, God, God know where you are. When God wants to anoint you, my friend, nobody can stop that anointing. Shukumahaya. And God said, I can break the yoke because of the what? The anointing. You know, say to God, you're living below your privileges. If you ever know that God is on your side, God said, there'll be no poor among us. I want to tell you, in this church, there ain't no poor people among us. Ah, I'm telling you, 2016 is the year of our Lord release. When God releases blessing, God releases his favor, God releases word to you. It's the year of God's release. Sarah looked at her human frailty and said, this is enough. I can't do it. Mary said, it can't be done. Zechariah said, it can't be done. God said, shut your mouth. Don't talk yourself out of it because all my promises are yes and amen. I've watched some of you where you miss God's by miles. You know what? You lean to your understanding. And I told this morning, you're free. You're free. You're your own handicap. Nobody's holding you back but yourself. You're throwing mud on yourself. You're causing God not to do what he wants to do for you. Amen. But you know what God told Israel? He said, this is the year of your release. And I want you to know, I want you to lend and not borrow. Whew. Anybody believe that? Huh. Anybody believe that? That boss in your life is there to teach you lessons you will never learn in church. You will never learn in your marriage. And God paid somebody to teach you and whip your hide and make you cry and pray. Praise God. You say, God don't do that. Sure, God sure does that. 
God raised up Nebuchadnezzar to whip, hello, Israel. God raised up Pharaoh to make Israel want to leave Egypt. They didn't want to leave. But God raised up Pharaoh and said, give me a reason to leave. <laughs> you know what's behind it? God was. I said, God was behind it. And God says, anoint him. God will give you secret anointing. But the Bible said his house grew stronger and stronger. Now, I feel tonight somebody's house will get stronger. Now, I don't know who your adversaries are. But I'm going to tell you tonight by the word of God, their house will become weaker and weaker while your house gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger till they have to beg you bread. Until they beg you, put them up. Can you believe it right now? God says, you're going to lend and not borrow. You shall reign and they not reign over you. That's what the Bible said. That's a promise. That's no prophecy. That's a promise. Why? If you keep my commandment. Let's stand. There are th three things God wants you to have right now. He wants you to have his promise, his purpose, and his provision on your life. God makes you a pledge and gave you a message and announcement. Mary and all these people got an announcement. But you have to believe. I want to tell you, church, I can't tell everything God told me in my personal life walking with him. But at my age today, everything God promised me is fulfill them. There's not one thing left except one, the rapture. Hallelujah. God has exceeded his promises. Blow your mind. Hallelujah. God gave divine assurance and superb reassurance. Romans 9, 9, when the word of promise drew near, Sarah started felt the kicking inside of her. Your problem don't mean that you cannot get the promise. He said, you have need of patience. But after I've done the will of God, I will receive the what? Now, church, I want to tell you what I receive from God. I receive the promise of God. You know what I have to do? I have to say, God, I'm going to wait on you. Take my clock, my watch off, and put my watch down. I don't care when you answer the prayer, just answer that prayer. I don't give you no time frame. Hello? So the devil can use it against me. Hallelujah. But you know what? Needs drive me into extreme worship. Needs drive me into extreme lifestyle. Extreme prayer. And the sad part is once God answers those prayers, the extreme falls off. David was blessed when he was running from Saul. The best thing in David's life was Saul. He kept him praying. It kept him worshiping God. But when kings should go to battle, and he's all blessed now, and the finances coming and rolling in, and he's king, he stayed home and lost out. But church... I want to tell you, thank God for what you're going through and watch are you shorten the distance. 
I believe tonight God is behind what's happening in your life. Come on, somebody. God said, I'll add these things unto you. It's a promise. If you ask, I'll give. It's a promise. As long as your ways please God. Let's worship him right now. I don't know why God did this, but he made Elijah shut up heaven. This is really strange. Stop the rain. And he forgot one thing. You're going to need water too. Elijah, you're going to need water also. You're going to need food also. How are you going to eat? But God always have an extreme answer. Nowhere would a raven feed a man to fulfillment. But God would go to any extreme to make sure your belly is full. Even if I have to send you a raven, I will send it as long as you can accept what I send. Pretty quiet now, isn't it? And as long as you drink from the brook that I showed you, I keep it flowing. Nobody else knows where the brook is, but God knows where it is. Amen. I was thinking about Esther, you know, Esther, a strange girl. One day they came and says, young lady, I got some sad news for you, young girl. Your mom and dad was in an accident, and she's de they're dead. And you have no other family in town to help you except a distant uncle that says he will take you if you'll come with him. And you have to leave home because your parents are dead. And there's no one to help you. Will you come and stay with this distant relative? He says, I will. I can just imagine how she feel. Why would you take my daddy? And my mother from me when I need them the most. And now there's captivity, and I gotta go in captivity with my uncle. But little did she know, your tragedy could have buried treasures. And what you don't see, God already gone ahead of you and prepare a place for you. I'm dealing with an extreme God. I see him do it all the time. And she's going to a system she knows nothing about. And God have a girl sitting in her place that she's supposed to be. And her name is Vasta. And God knows how to stir people up to move over that you may sit down. I say God knows how to move others over on the sideline to put you on the front line. God knows how to move you from the back seat to the front seat. He knows how to do that. He's an extreme God. 
And the king don't know it and the queen don't know it, but God's working on both sides because she's sitting in the chair where Esther supposed to sit. And God knows how to dislocate to relocate you. I know I preach to you turkeys. My God, you can't gobble with me. Come on, church. Shout with me. Hey, there's power in shouting. Give God your affirmation. Give God your confirmation. Give God your consolation. Give God your congratulation. Oh, God, understand. He's talking about me and my situation. I don't know who have Esther's job, but she's just about to be moved out. But God can move you in. I don't know who have your house, but God can move them out and move you in. I don't know who have your car. God can move them out and move you in. And God can move from their job and put you in their seat and give them their promotion and give them demotion. Shaka Maha. I serve an extreme God. If your ways please him, God knows how to bring you up and bring you out. You're serving an extreme God. It promises. Your pain has property. Your tears, hallelujah, have treasures. I'm about to move out of your house, your problem. I'm going to move in peace, joy. Happiness, contentment. Can you worship God? Because God knows how to restore your serenity. God knows how to restore your authority. I'm talking to somebody. God is extreme. He'll go to any extreme just to restore your sanity. And your sanctity. Who am I talking to? There's a God that works with extremities in this church. But God's going to move Vastai out to move you in, Esther. It may be a long, long road, but it's a short, short journey. When you think about it, to that throne. Unknown to Esther, God is busy removing Vastai out of her life, out of her seat, out of her throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God said, King, get this girl out of here. And she's thrown out. Say what you will about Vastai. It was the will of God that Vastai leave because she sat where Esther's supposed to sit. And as long as somebody's sitting on your blessing, God has to unearth them. The economy is changing for my favor. I'm going to get things at my price where I can pay for it. I'm going to see things come down to my level where my pocketbook can afford it. I won't have to borrow, I just have to spend for it. I'm trying to tell somebody there's an extreme God in this building. He, he, you, know, you know the weather? You know what God said about the weather? As long as the earth remains, there will be spring, summer, autumn, winter. It has nothing to do with carbon-14. 
If I'm talking to you right now, I dare you, pick a lap around this building and shout. That seems so extreme. That seems so weird. But my friend, that's how the wall of Jericho came down. When they marched around the wall of Jericho, it seems so strange. It seems so extreme. It's not extreme. God says, come on! Woo! Woo! Esther, that girl sitting in your place, I'm going to move her out. Are people holding us right now? There's some people on podcast listening to me. I'm talking to you right now. You see, you can't believe that. I just talked to the unborn church. Somewhere across this world, somebody's going to hear this message. God is extreme. Talk to the rock. It looks stupid, but still do it. Talk to the rock. Don't hit it. Talk to it. God said, talk to your problem. Don't fight it. Don't sweat it. Have a little talk with Jesus. You know what Jesus says? Get rock. He said, talk to the what? Hold it. Talk to the rock. Don't hit it. Now, don't abuse Jesus. Just talk to him. And the beauty contest came up. It was rigged. God rigged it. I said, God rigged the beauty contest. He rigged it that Esther would get the winning crown no matter what she did. It was the extreme act of God. Hallelujah. And when, when she stands before the king, God says, that's the girl. Going to sit right here. God points you out already. For the purpose he brought you to this church. You have destiny and purpose. And nothing can move you from it. Jamie Church. But the time came. When God showed her. Her destiny. Her divine purpose. He said for this cause. I brought you through the, what you went through. If your mommy and daddy was alive. You wouldn't be here. It's kind of morbid isn't it. But they went God. If Vastai was here, you wouldn't be there. But I worked this extreme just for you. Somebody right now in this building. Church, would you, would you bow your heads right now? I wonder if there's a rehab in this building. They could have gone to any house, but God chose your house. Extreme. Why would they go to a heartless house? But God had an extreme plan. And God said, go to that house. No other house. And made a, a commitment to her. And all they gave Rahab was the promise. 
And the same promise is given to this church, a scarlet cord. Very extreme. Why do you have this cord in your house? Get rid of it. It's a piece of rag. To you, it's a rag, but it's my tag for heaven. If you don't quit, I promise you, you're going to see seven time blessings that you have lost seven times seven in your lifetime. Can you believe that? The extreme hand of God moving in your direction. And Esther reverse the, the edict of the Mese and the person whose law says once it's settled, it's done. But God says, you haven't met Jesus yet. You forgot to tell them about Jesus. They forgot about God. They said, Lazarus stinketh. They say, yes, who said that? You forgot who you're dealing with. I can sweeten him up. Because I am the rose of Sharon. I am the rose of Sharon. Somebody need to hear me right now. I was thinking about Apostle Paul. Paul is a terrorist. He's an ISIS man in his day. He killed, he murdered, he lied, and he did wicked things to people. And God said, he's a chosen vessel. God is choosing what you're condemning right now. What you think is hopeless, God says, is hopeful. I'm an extreme God. And now I said, God, anybody but him? God said, you don't know who you're talking to. I've chosen him. Who's God talking to? God says you will never be poor if you'll keep my word. Read the 15th chapter. I just signed your release tonight. I'm a God of extreme. Mary, you're going to have that son. Elizabeth, you're going to have that kid. For all my promises are yes and amen. If you know the Lord is speaking to you tonight, lift up your hands as an antenna. And wave back to heaven. So, Lord, be it unto me according to your divine purpose and plan for my life. I don't care how extreme it might be, but vast I got to give me that seat. Fair enough to let all those people go. God. You want me to talk to Pharaoh? I'm not an army. Yeah, but I'm extreme. I'm going to take it to a promised land. Jesus. 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 Oh! Something. Extreme God that fulfilled promises. Jesus.